0: in this episode of this lady loves sports we're going to meet a guy who is arguably the biggest laker fan in all of southern california and that says a lot we welcome jacob m ronnie to this lady loves sports
1: let's go welcome to this lady loves sports podcast with pat prescott sports she knows it all and is here to talk about it so get ready to hear sports talk in a way that you've never heard before it's this lady loves sports podcast and here's your host pat prescott
0: this is Pat Prescott, and I'm delighted to be speaking to a very dear friend of mine today on This Lady Loves Sports. He is Jacob M. Ronnie. For 20 years, he has been providing incredible service to people in Southern California who are hurt in accidents. And full disclosure, Jacob advertises on The Wave, and I am his endorser. And a big part of why I am was well, actually a few things. One is, I really like Jacob he's very cool a very cool guy he's a wonderful family person if you ever meet his family you will fall in love with him his beautiful wife and his amazing boys uh, by the way saw a picture of you guys up on the Jumbotron at the <laughs> yeah, Laker that game a, that was a fun that night that was a moment that was kind of cool that you know? was a fun night but I think the thing that Jacob and I initially bonded over was sports what we're going to talk about today we are both huge fans and uh, he's somebody who really knows a lot about it I mean we just watch all the time we listen to I mean, I hear, I actually hear Jacob a lot on sports radio, you know, when he calls in and they put him on the air and he can talk. And, you know, if you ever get tired of doing what you're doing, you know, you might think about that sports talk radio thing. I love that stuff. (laughs) But we're going to talk about the Lakers. We're going to talk about L.A. sports. We're going to talk about Jacob's uh, story in sports because that's really what this podcast is about. You know, for me, uh, you know, my dad and my brothers really made me fall in love with sports because I just had to watch so much of it with them. But I know for you, it's been kind of a lifelong thing too, hasn't
1: it? Absolutely. Sports is, you know, the thing that, uh, you know, really has been great for me. Uh, you know, me and my brother used to uh, do a lot of stuff during the weekends. And my dad uh, has always been there for us. And he used to always come with us when he used to, we used to play basketball at the local YMCA in the neighborhood. And he used to come Saturday and sit there all day while we played and, you know, sort of got acclimated, you know, to our surroundings. And, uh, you know. I consider it a real blessing because not only, uh, you know, do I think sports is really life. And, uh, you know, what I was explaining, uh, you know, I'm, I'm now doing it with my kids and I coach every one of my kids. I got four boys and I coach all four of them <laughs> all the way from 11 down to my three-year-old. And, uh, you know, I was just asked to join a board for the basketball league that I coach. And one of the things that I talked about the first time that I was, you know, up there at the board meeting is the fact that I really feel like sports is, you know, is life. You know, when people uh, have an opportunity to play sports, they realize that that's very equivalent to what we go through in life. Uh, You know, in life, there's competition. In life, you're going to win some, you're going to lose some. And really, the reality becomes is how do you come back from it if you lose, and how do you stay humble when you win, so that you don't get ahead of yourself? And, and how
0: do you, how do you form a team, you sorry. know, that really gives more meaning to any victory that you have? And I, I think that there's so many important lessons you can learn from participating in sports, from watching sports, from uh, knowing the stories behind the people that we come to love, you know, in in these games that we watch. And I'm sure a lot of that actually translates to your real work life and, and you know, with raising your kids even.
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think you hit it on the head, you know, teamwork and knowing that you have to learn how to deal with other people, other personalities, and knowing that even in life, you know, you can't do it by yourself. You know, if you look at anybody's success story, you know, sounds great when they talk about how they made it. But, you know, it sounds even better when you listen to them explaining who along their life actually help them get to where they got to being in the right place at the right time making the right decision rather than the wrong decision and who was it that was with them so you know for me i feel like when you look at sports besides the excitement besides the you know um the you know i I think sports is about the only thing that could gather a bunch of people into a room who have different opinions regarding politics, different opinions regarding just about everything in life, but they could all be cheering for the same team, and that's what brings people together. And that's, to me, is the beauty of sports.
0: Yeah, it is one of the things that really unites us. And you know, you mentioned your dad and your brother and the experiences that you guys had together. You grew up here in, in Southern California.
1: Well, I came to LA when I was nine years old, mm-hmm. and uh, you so know, that's yeah.
0: So you grew up here, exactly. Yeah, you know. <laughs> and what was it? What was your? Um, youth-like as far as the L.A. teams. And I know you're in love with the Lakers, and I would imagine that was something that happened a long time
1: ago. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, I'm a Laker, not a fan, not as you know, I've been called a super fan, I've been labeled the super fan, but I, you know, I mean, I'm a fanatic. Uh, you know, when I came here and started uh, following sports, That was a time where they had Magic Johnson, Byron Scott, Mike McGee, which a lot of people don't ever talk about, number 40, I still remember his number, and basically just getting involved and being blessed enough to be in a city that had an amazing, amazing basketball team. And being able to, you know, try to emulate some of those people and look up to them was a great way, you know, for me and my brother to be able to really get ourselves accustomed to life in the United States, let alone in life in L.A. Uh, And the great thing about it was that when I first, you know, came to L.A., I didn't speak English very well. Uh, I was learning, going through ESL, which is English as a second language. And but when we would get out on the playground and we would get on the basketball court. You didn't have to talk. It was just basically we're on the same team. As long as you know how to pass or shoot and do whatever you did, you were all on one team. And that was that was just so beautiful because so it
0: helped me help you make you feel like you fit in. Well, yeah, you yeah.
1: make friends and you know, and you fit in and, you know, makes you feel good about yourself. You know, you're not an outsider and then, you know, as the time kinda goes by, you know, you built some amazing friendships, which now after You know uh, 40 years or 35 years I have friends of mine from those days coming back to me to reaching out and you know trying to reconnect and you know those friendships friendships you know from when you were little I think are very very special because nobody needs anything from each other and they're really true 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 friendships
0: Mm, they are and where were you born
1: I was born in Iran
0: you were born in Iran. Yes, yes. So, now, when you were in Iran, you know, I'm sure you have to remember because you were just nine. You were nine when you, you left. Sure. Were you playing sports there, too?
1: Yeah, so, you know, in the in Iran, the sport was soccer. Uh, so Like you it know, is in most of the world. Exactly. <laughs> you know, so that's more of a national, uh, you know, sport. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I do recall, you know, in that elementary school that we were, actually, they did have basketball hoops. But I don't ever remember shooting a basketball hoop until I got to the, you know, I got to the States. But, you know, yeah, we played soccer, you know, ran around did all the things kids do, but, you know, never to the extent where, you know, you, I arrived here and, you know, you actually had professional teams to follow, you know, in Iran, it's more your national team. Soccer is everything. When they're playing a soccer game or something, the whole, you know, country shuts down, which, you know, most of the outside world is like that. You know, I think we live in a place, you know, where you have, you know, two basketball Teams, even though I don't consider yeah, the other basketball team in LA a real team, I feel like they're oh, like a that JV is just team. Really mean spirited. Yeah, I of don't you. care how many games do <laughs> they win. The Clippers are always going to be the Clippers, but you know the Lakers are my team, and you know as we talked about, you know they're my team, and you know I'm a fanatic about them. And my kids, my kids go to sleep uh-huh. talking about them. My little ones are ask me every day who plays tonight, who are the Lakers playing tonight. So you know I'm glad that it you know it runs in the blood in the family.
0: Yeah, and it's a very it, like you were saying, it's a great bonding thing too uh, for a family. Family to be into doing that but you mentioned that when you were nine ten years old that it was a great time to be a laker fan because of the wonderful team they had i can't think of maybe but a couple of short periods in my life when it wasn't a good time to be a laker fan you know i grew up on the east coast and was in new york you know from high school on oh yeah and i became a, a Knicks fan the like mecca. In, in the late 60s the mecca the mecca Back when I guess that was the best time ever to be a Knicks fan. That's right. We haven't seen a good one since then. You had good timing back Let then. Let me tell you when I moved out here. My feeling was these these Laker fans, especially when um, whenever they were troubled when, when uh, Shaq left. Yep. Okay. Yep. I
1: remember that day.
0: Oh, poor Laker fans. So sad, you know, and you still had a great team left behind and still had more to come. But people here don't know how to go through that adversity. Oh, I think yeah. they're learning now though. Let me tell you this. <laughs> Let me
1: tell you this. I remember the day when it was announced at 3.30 in the morning that the Lakers were going to get Shaq. I remember it because I was studying for the bar, which is the test you have to take to become an attorney. And you know, I used to study from 7 a.m. until God knows, Wheeze hours of the night And Mm -hmm. I was heading home From the library And I remember that You know It was announced That the Lakers Are going to get Shaq and I remember that the city just was upside down. I mean, just a behemoth of a man. Shaq had the personality. And you knew that if he was coming here, you know, winning times were coming back. Unfortunately, I also remember the day when, you know, Kobe and Shaq, you know, were fighting. And because of the fact that I have some friendships with some of the players, I've been told the stories and everything that happened in the back that, you know, people on the outside would never hear. And to be honest with you, I think it was a sad day. I think, you know, Shaq and Kobe not being together had a lot to do with what I was talking about is not getting ahead of yourself you know the greed factor really really began to take control because if Shaq and Kobe were together they would have won at least another two to three championships they could have been the best duo ever
0: was it the greed factor or is it the ego factor I think the ego factor had a lot to do with that too
1: you're right you know but but I think you know the reason and you're absolutely correct I think the reason I say greed is because when you become too successful you become greedy they got for more success exactly Mm -hmm. so they they won so many championships then at that point winning a championship was not, you know, what excited them anymore. Now, Kobe wanted to do it on himself, you know, by himself. His ego wanted to show that he doesn't need Shaq. You know, Shaq, Shaq wanted to have fun. Exactly. Shaq <laughs> wanted to do everything himself. He wanted to shut it down for the first, you know, few weeks, come into, you know, the season out of shape. He would usually use the first and you know, month. into Yeah, shape. use the first mm-hmm. month to, you know, get into shape and all that. All of that is fine. But ultimately, that team could have won a lot more if the greed and, as you correctly say, the ego, didn't get, you know, in front of them. And now, after the fact, they're coming back and they're talking about it. Oh, we could have been the best one-two punch and all that. And but I think, you know
0: why that is. You think Yeah, well, yeah. You well
1: it's, it's, you know, they come back right now is because uh, to me, I think it's marketing and it's also having to do with becoming relevant again because I feel like these athletes have to be back into the spotlight and to talk about it.
0: You know what I think it has to do with? I think it has to do with growing up. You have yeah, to remember when too. we first met these people, that's they were true. 17, 18-year-old kids who had been catered to their whole life because they had athletic talent always somebody kissing their butt you know whatever you want you can have it you know and they're little spoiled brats who are wealthy teenagers is yeah, what they are you're right. but they're also under a microscope so we are watching every move in there can you imagine nope. if people could see every <laughs> dumb thing you did when you were nope. 17 you're 18 right. 19 years old or if you had as much money as they did so you can really make big mistakes oh, you're right. You're you know right. so we are watching them mature in front of our eyes I mean you know Kobe was on the talk just recently, and he not as a guest. He was actually on the panel, and it was funny because Jennifer York, who does the traffic for us in the morning, was saying, "Wow, Kobe was up there with all those women holding his arm. I said, "That's his life is the talk. That's That's what he's got." But but his life, three dogs. Yeah, his life is you know doing the
1: talk with the you know with the 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 women in the house. That's
0: right. But I was thinking about just watching him there because I mean I've always admired him, even when I hated the Lakers when I first moved here and was such a Knicks fan that it seemed really disloyal to like the Lakers. I had to give up on that because hard to hate team that keeps winning all the time but um you know i always respected kobe for his work ethic for what he did on the court and and all of that but i just thought that he had no personality look at this man now he's got so much personality he's funny he's smart he's got a lot to say he's ambitious he is i think adjusted really well you know to civilian life but you know what it is Jacob, it's maturity. he's grown up. Yeah. He's a grown. He's, right. he's had kids now. He's made mistakes that he's had to, you know, face the music for. This is how we all grow up. So now, and Shaq too. I mean, yeah, they're, absolutely, they're grown now.
1: Well, you know, maturity but marketing has a, is in there too, right? But I mean, but I think you're right. I mean, maturity has a lot to do with it. Yeah, and I feel like right now. When you look at what went on between them, I think you're seeing it being replicated with LeBron and Kyrie. Mm -hmm. Now, LeBron and Kyrie, basically Kyrie left because he wanted to lead his own team. He didn't want to be under LeBron's shadow. He went to, you know, the hated Celtics. And now recently, instead of waiting until he actually retired, he reached out to LeBron, basically apologizing for not understanding what it's like to be a leader. And now they're kind of building that relationship while they're still relevant, while they're still playing basketball. All
0: right. So what do you think? Do you you think Kyrie could be coming this way?
1: Hey, you know, I'll tell you something. I think think right now, with the fact that we were able to bring... L.A. Bron, down to the Lakers, just about anybody's a possibility. Which, I by don't the think- way,
0: which, by the way, I must mention, there are some here in Southern California who would say that you had something to do with that. And- Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are so let instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum ten dollars per order. Additional terms apply. If you don't live in this area, you'll you don't know that Jacob, uh, during that whole push to get LeBron to come here, put up some incredible billboards with "La Braun on them. That was our hashtag. Which, by the way, did you you couldn't trademark that? Huh? No. No. Because I'm seeing it now all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> yes.
1: It's got a nice run and it keeps going.
0: It does not keep going. But, you know, this is the kind of super fan that, that Jacob is. And when, and when you can afford to do that, why not? But you threw up those billboards and I just thought it was the cutest thing. <laughs> and, you know, what a real fan would do.
1: It was great. You know, we, we threw up uh, initially, we threw up three billboards and then uh-huh. right before uh, free agency where we didn't really... Yeah, We weren't sure if he now, was going to come. When you come.
0: put those first three up, that yes. was he was going to be in town playing, right? Wasn't oh, yeah. It? Oh, I, yeah. Think, I seem to remember, we talked about this, and you were like, I got to get the billboards up because he's going to be here playing the Lakers. <laughs> so
1: it was interesting. I think um, 10 days before, uh-huh. uh, Philadelphia had put up a billboard saying, come join the process or complete the process or something corny like that. And I'll never forget. (laughs) You know, I was sitting there and I said, if Philadelphia can do it, why can't someone in LA do it? So, you know, I worked with, you know, my great team and we put together three or four billboards. I don't even recall. We put in three or four billboards. One of them, it was a uh, answer to Philadelphia's instead of come and complete the process. It was forget the process, come win some (laughs) championships in LA. But we put it at a time where LeBron was actually going to land in L.A. to play the Clippers on a Thursday, the Lakers on a Sunday, and he was going to be here for five days. So we worked so, so, so hard, and I was giving everybody nightmares in order for us to get the billboards, find the right locations. Yeah, that's what I was going to say.
0: How did you you identify the location? Uh, Listen, did you try to bribe the limo driver? (laughs) Because that's the way to
1: do it. You know, let me tell you, it's funny, we try to do everything, but we we got a good one in West L.A. because most of these, these basketball teams that come, they go to UCLA, and that's That's where they practice. Mm -hmm. So we were able to get a billboard right where you try to go to UCLA. And we put up one of our biggest ones.
0: You also have one on that route from the airport. Exactly. On uh, La Exactly.
1: Exactly. Uh So we put up one there on their way in. So, you know, a lot of it, you know, as I said, again, it was our team. I didn't do it by myself. We had a great team that all worked, you know, very, very hard to get it there. But the cool thing about it was, is that on that Thursday... When, you know, they came here, he got here on a Wednesday, our billboards went up at like five o'clock in the morning on Wednesday. And in the afternoon, the press asked him, have you seen the billboards put up here in LA by a super fan? And he said, he actually commented, says, yeah, I've seen them. My kids love it. I think it's a great, you know, it's a great, uh, you know, compliment for somebody in a city to want you to come and, you know, play for them in their city. And that kind of started, you know, sort of the, the movement. And we had another two or three months throughout where New York put up some and other cities put up some billboards and then it was I'll never forget it was two weeks before free agency and we were all sitting around saying is this really going to happen is it not going to happen and we said you know what let's just go all in and we put up 50 billboards in LA (laughs) All right, I mean that was like
0: they were everywhere yeah
1: my (laughs) wife knew she could not spend anything for the next six months but they were everywhere and you know now we're here celebrating we got you know we have the king here it's been you know It's it's been great you know we've had some ups and downs in the past couple of months but it's just like anything else and I think you know we're going to have a great next four years and you know I'm super excited about it
0: you know uh, I've always felt like if you don't like LeBron James he's probably not on your team I mean that's that's pretty much the only reason you could like not like this dude. Uh somebody who is a who's been acted like a grown man much of his oh. career. It's so interesting with his background and everything that he ends up, you know, being someone who was not raised by his dad, but has ended up being an incredible father, a great example in so many ways, and balling out even now in his thirties. I mean, this guy is a beast and and a leader, a real leader, and as you mentioned earlier, a, a recruiter. And we certainly hope that he will be recruiting, though I must say, I do like that young core of Lakers. And, you know, there's a, I think finding that balance between youthful energy and skilled. Absolutely. You know, you need um, the vets. Yeah, you, you need, need the vets. vets you need but somebody. you need that
1: young youth also mm-hmm. that's going to be able to do it when those vets don't have the legs those nights.
0: Yeah. So what do you think is going to happen?
1: You know, I got to tell you something. I feel like, you know, uh, I feel like what's happening in the past few days, you realize that a lot of negotiation is happening through the media. And basically, you. Can can tell and it happened you know last year with Paul George and happened you know with Kawhi Leonard is that you know all the way hey, back it
0: happened with Chris yeah Ball, it happened to Chris you know? Ball
1: and I mean that right there if if, if the NBA wouldn't have vetoed that trade the Lakers would have had Chris Ball and that, you know, run would have continued. We wouldn't even have that, you know, couple of years where, you know, we couldn't do anything until we got, you know, Pau Gasol coming over and then mm-hmm. we were able to win more championships. Which was so,
0: magic. Yeah, which what was a great acquisition. Which again you look a-
1: at that and you see that the Lakers always are able to pull a rabbit out of the hat. What's happening now, because we got the, you know, greatest player in the world right now playing for us, is that all the other teams are trying to you know, team up and not allow other people to come. So, you know, from what I heard is, you know, Popovich even called Dale Demps, who's the general manager of the Pelicans, and said, "Don't give in to the Lakers." I mean, you got to really think about what a brand you are when you're winning or when you're losing. You're so relevant that teams are going out of their way in order to try to team up not to allow you to get a player. And you know, in the past few days, I think you see it. There's a lot of negotiation happening, you know, through the me- uh, through the media. And I feel like it's important for us to get Anthony Davis, no question. I also feel like the Lakers have to draw the line in the sand at some point to let them know that this is our offer we'll do it before the trade deadline's over because once you get into the summer and you get the Celtics trying to throw in their hat and the Pelicans are going to try to use that in order to you know get a bidding war then I think the Lakers have to sit back and just hope that you know AD is going to come here right afterwards it hasn't worked out for the past two didn't work out for Paul George we lost him didn't work out for Kawhi yet we don't know what's going to happen but you know it doesn't not seem like he may come. But, you know, I'm just excited about the fact that the NBA is so powerful that they literally hijacked Super Bowl week. In the <laughs> middle of everybody talking about the Super Bowl, we started talking about trade rumors, what the NBA, and that's, you know, the brilliance of, you know, NBA and their marketing. They've now become 365 days. Even when they're, you know, when they're playing this is what happens when it's Super Bowl week; they hijack it. When they're not playing, there's news. So you know, I mean, that there's a lot to be said about that brand.
0: Yeah, you know, David Stern was a great commissioner, but Adam Silver has come in and hasn't missed a beat. I mean, just seamless. It, really, it's been incredible just to watch. They are so smart with how they run that league. But you know, looking at that Super Bowl thing, come <laughs> on, let's face it. First of all, a lot of people felt like the Rams shouldn't have been there. That the, or the, the yeah, that yeah, my Cowboys the should have been game. there. <laughs> you know, then there's the fact of the game. It's so, that wasn't that much to compete with, really. But you know, back to the the uh, the idea of what's going to happen next. You gotta love being a Laker fan because who is better managed than that team now with Jeannie Bus back in charge? And I love and adore her, and uh, she's she's oh she's amazing. You know, she's her father's favorite son.
1: Okay? She really is, <laughs> she's, and she's the closest thing to her father. She's
0: amazing, and with Magic being in the building and Rob Palinka, I mean, you know, you've got some great minds, and all of the Laker. Alumni, oh, yeah. who are always in, the, who just never give it up. because oh, yeah. you it's said a, you it's had a some, you know, you had to
1: sit down with, you know, Byron. With Byron, we talked recently. about, yeah,
0: and all of these guys still love their team, you know, no matter what it is or where they go. But let's face it, the Lakers are like the Patriots of the NBA. They are. They are like the Yankees. They are. You know, they are the team that people love to hate because they're so good and because right. they win so success. much. Success, yeah, success. People get jealous.
1: Continued success. Yeah, nobody, nobody wants to see somebody. <laughs> Unfortunately. You know, we live in a world where you know, forget about all the fake stuff that happens outside. But down deep inside, you know, the jealousy is is very you know is very rampant, and nobody wants to see anybody else succeed. Uh, But as you said, you know, as a Laker fan, I think I'm I'm happy with. Who's running the organization? I'm happy with you know having Genie up there, you know making the decisions. She's given a lot of power to Magic and Polenka. Those are two people that are completely opposites of each other, which makes a great team. And you know, for us Laker fans, I think it's excited. It's exciting to be relevant again and to see them trying. I will tell you one thing though. I'm hoping that they're going to be able to show the league that not not only the Lakers are you know high level brand, but they're going to be able to skirt. Around everything that's happening right now, because if every single time they want to try to get a player, that you know the whole league gangs up against them, hey, you, you talk have about to be collusion. Able, yeah, that's the you got to you got to be able right to break that up because I don't know how teams are allowed to you know collude and not allow you getting you know, not allow you to get a player just because they can't get that player. But you know I'm hoping that you know the the brains that are you know in power right now are going to be able to come up with something and be able to get us something before
0: the you know trade deadlines. We'll see what happens. We got a couple minutes left. I'd love love to hear your prediction on where we will be this time next year. What do you think? What Lakers going to look like? What is Who's going to be on that team? Who's going to be coaching? (laughs) All of those things. What do you think? Because then we can revisit this next year, Jacob. That's right. We can do a little hindsight thing and see just how good you are.
1: I will tell you, if we land AD, if we get Anthony Davis, I really do believe that there's a high level of possibility that we'll pick up Kyrie Irving as well. Uh, Because when you look at it, the way they're set up, you know, Uh, LeBron and Kyrie have a relationship. Kyrie wants to win.
0: That's a scary thought. You know,
1: well, but if you really think about it, you need your point guard, and in order for them to, you know, pick up AD, they're going to have to let go of some point guards. Uh, they're going to need to, you know, have the future. So you've got, you know, Anthony Davis. You've got, you know, LeBron being there for a couple of years. He doesn't have to do everything himself, which will extend his career, and you can pick up Kyrie. With that being said, if that doesn't occur, I can tell you that the future is extremely bright. And whether it means that we stick Either to the way. young core. Yeah, we stick to the young core and we pick up a, a couple of vets to continue to make. You are going to pick up another you know, superstar next year. So I guess the, the big thing for us to be excited about is that are we going to have two superstars next year? Or are we going to be able to swing a trade and have three superstars here? And I think that's, you know, what I wake up for every morning. I look at that, you know, I look at those apps. I look at all those pop-ups just to see what's going to happen next. And excitement and looking forward to the future is, you know, really why, you know, we, we all live. So
0: Yeah, I think there's a lot to look forward to, and I can't wait to see. We will revisit this, and you must come back and be a frequent guest. Oh, it'll
1: be a pleasure. Always, hey. always great <laughs> hanging out with you and just, you know, just talking.
0: Hey, this guy loves sports as much as this lady does. Yes,
1: absolutely. Jacob
0: and Ronnie, our guest today. Thank you for being here.
1: Thank you so much for having me.